name is Sherry Wilson, and I'm here to fill your ears with the best business content I can give you while you work out, commute, clean your house. Anything to help you work your biz like a boss. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode. As usual, this is Sherry Wilson, the owner of Genius Communication, a company that helps business owners communicate, brand, and persuade in a way that makes you more money and prevents and solves problems. And today, I want to talk about your team. Now, normally I work with uh, mom and pop shops with uh, a staff of 10 or under, sometimes it's a little bit over, or I work with solopreneurs or even nonprofits. And for that reason, I rarely talk about like big business type of stuff. Uh, But I think today, I really want to dive into, I don't think I know, I want to dive into team dynamics because I see this problem over and over in businesses and I thought, you know what, it's time to discuss how to create a culture that keeps your employees engaged, keeps them loyal and keeps them happy. Now, when I started Genius Communication here locally, especially, I quickly realized a conflict within business that was basically... Okay, so I don't know where uh, my computer and phone so rudely interrupted us. Please excuse me. But I quickly realized when I started my business that there is a conflict within business between the old school business owners and the millennial generation and even those that are younger now coming up in the workforce that grew up with completely different values and perspectives of what the workforce should look like. So both have their pros and cons. However, research shows that there are specific things you can have in place as a business owner that will keep your team happy, thriving, and loyal. And I've discussed these uh, things that you can have in place in um, uh, my other podcast called Healing Community, Healing Business that I do with my co-host Greg McNeil. But I'm going to briefly state them again here. So back in the 1940s, and then again in either 2010 or 2012, Researchers sent out a survey to business owners and their employees at different businesses asking them to rank the importance of 10 job-related criteria like vacation pay, good pay, appreciation, clean workspace, um, etc. What was fascinating is that the business owners almost had the list literally flipped upside down compared to their employees. So what exactly did employees rank as their top three most important job conditions? Number one was appreciation. Two was being kept in the loop with good communication. And three was consideration for personal needs. Now, what this tells us is that it really hasn't changed at all. I mean, if you go back all the way to the 40s, it's still the same in 2010, 2012, at the height of millennials coming into the workforce, then employees want the same thing. And they've always wanted the same thing. But now they're requiring it. Where before someone might put up with a rude and insensitive boss in the past, maybe to support their family or to have job security and retirement security, today they just find another job or start their own business. The best advice I can give you to demand the highest performance from your team, but do it in a way where they know you appreciate them, you communicate well, not just barking out orders, and you help them during personal crises the best you can. Now, this doesn't mean that you coddle them or even babysit them. If they're not, not performing, you need to fire them. 
My philosophy that I tell all my clients is hire slowly, fire quickly. Now, in a recent podcast with um, Coach Greg, we discussed two types of culture that I wanted to bring over here to this podcast because I felt it was so important. Uh, He brought up two, the collective culture and the individualistic culture. The collective culture has been around for thousands of years. It's very tribal and it's centered around who we are and this is what we do. So you see this in nations have been around for thousands of years. Like, for example, the nation of Israel was able to reform itself after being scattered for over 1900 years because this type of culture is very intentional on preserving its traditions, principles, faith and values. They eat the same food. They wear the same clothes. They think the same way. And I'm sure you can see that there are good and bad things in this type of culture. One bad thing is they can tend to resist beneficial change and get left behind because the world is always changing. The good things are that there's a common pursuit as a culture that is protected and cohesive. Individualistic culture is more centered around personal freedom, pursuit, and growth, especially personal and professional growth. There's an independence and a challenge to the collective. Every person is free to pursue happiness within the bounds of law and not hurting others in the process as much as possible. And it's a free enterprise society that sparks innovation and achievement. And like the other culture, I'm sure you can see that one of the bad things is that their more independent aspect can produce division, unhealthy competition, and polarization. So both both cultures have good and bad things. The solution in the workplace is to combine the two cultures. Create a collective culture centered around this is who we are and this is what we do. Set your values, follow your principles, and create your own traditions to form a strong bond in your organization. Communicate these things all of the time. Celebrate them. Allow those things to be the filter for every decision interaction between team members, you and customers, and for every product or service you offer. In fact, this is what saved, uh, I think it was Johnson & Johnson, the creators of Tylenol, back in the, um, uh, oh man, was it the 80s? It might have been the 70s or 80s when someone was tampering with Tylenol and several people died. And they were trying to decide, do we pull every single bottle of Tylenol or do we pull just the lot numbers that have shown up bad? And they had um, like a creed where it was patient first, uh, then doctors, and then the company. And so because they had that creed, they decided, you know what, patients first. And they pulled all of the bottles of Tylenol, even though it cost them millions of dollars. But because they did that, they solidified, they cemented their trust with the American people so that when all of it was settled and they had new Tylenol on the shelves, people were not worried, nor were they concerned purchasing Tylenol. So these things in your collective culture can actually save your business in the future if you ever need them because they help you make decisions. But at the same time, allow each team member to express who they are as an individual. Like ask them questions in meetings. It's amazing the brilliant ideas that uh, staff members have. Show appreciation how they best receive it. Not a cookie cutter Christmas card with some money thrown in each year. Like what do they like? Coffees? Coffee? Cats? Both? Then use those things as filters for ways to show them appreciation. Like maybe a mug. 
with a box of coffee and a cat on the mug. I don't know, but just something that they know is intentional and well thought of. And follow up on any personal crisis that they've been walking through. Every person who walks for you is a person full of dreams, goals, and aspirations of who they want to be, what they want life to look like. And yes, I know you've hired them to do a job, but it just doesn't make sense not to do the things I've suggested because you're going to have high turnover and you're going to have high disengaged employees who could care less about you or the company because you have clearly showed you could care less about them. And money doesn't solve everything. You can throw big salaries, vacations, and benefit packages in the mix and still find people are leaving. Why? Because no amount of money will ever replace courtesy, respect, and appreciation. You didn't hire sex workers who get paid to perform, right? You've hired fabulous people that if you create a culture that promotes community and individual expression, you will see a marked difference in where your business goes, but also your profit profit margins. So don't treat your employees like people that are hired to perform sex for a living. In other words, prostitutes. Don't do that. That's not why they're there. They're not there to be abused. They're not there to be ignored. They're not there to be treated like a commodity. They're there for you to treat them with the utmost courtesy and respect while at the same time demanding high output as an employee. And then if you combine those two the times when you need to correct, the times when you need to address things, they will know you have their back and you will have a better response than they, if they feel you don't care for them. I love taking quizzes and I love making quizzes and I've developed a quiz just for introverts. Us introverted entrepreneurs can have a rough time starting that combo, pitching our product or service and networking in a way that produces more business can be nerve-wracking and it can be overwhelming. But did you know that there are actually four introvert types? I had no idea until I began to research it. And from that research, I developed the Introvert Flavor Quiz. You'll learn which type of introvert you are, how you connect best with clients, how you best conduct business, and more. So head over to sherryannwilson.com forward slash introvert dash flavor dash quiz and find out your introvert flavor. I hope today's podcast gave you some actionable wisdom that you can do immediately for your business. I've got a lot more free training on my website at sherryannwilson.com. Sherry with an I and with an E. But before you go, please leave a kind review of this podcast. It's like giving me a hug in podcast world. Work Your Biz Like a Boss is a Mr. Joseph production. What do you think, Joseph?